Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 85, Living, Loving, and Learning. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. Okay, when you said we were going old school, I didn't realize you meant that we were going... Just old school intro. Old school intro. Okay, that just totally threw me. You're like giving me all the signals. Tony gives me hand signals here. And and I'm thinking, okay, I know we missed a podcast. And for that, I am uh, tremendously sorry. We had full intentions of podcasting this past week while we were on vacation. And it just didn't happen. Well, and this is why it didn't happen because I told Elisa how we could do it. And I just left it in her lap to go, okay, I want to do the, the podcast. And you never told me that you want to do it. So I just figured we're good. Oh, oh, that was, I know you told me that we could do the whole conference call thing, but yep. I thought we also needed to like actually find time to sit down and well, do yeah. it. And there really wasn't a time there were probably sometimes we could. Yeah, it's a little tough. We just as a side note, so we spent this last week in uh, Massachusetts for Tony's cousin's wedding, and we were in a house with there were a total of ten of us. Ten from my family. Ten, and ten from Tony's. We'll family. never do it again. <laughs> so if any of my family members are listening, I love you dearly, but I am not doing that again. Our, our kids, I have never heard our kids tell us so much on the flight home how excited they were to be heading back to California and, and to just, the, in fact, Alex was funny. He's like, I just want to be in a house where they're not talking Italian all the time, yeah. which I thought was funny because it, they don't talk Italian all the time, but no. apparently that was the one thing that stuck out. But it was a great week and um, love the New England area. Those of you that are listening um, from that part of the country, beautiful 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 area had never been there before we uh took some time we went up into new hampshire and maine my parents actually drove out for a little while and um they had yeah so on top of the 10 we also had elisa's parents who came out didn't stay at the place but at the same time they were there and they were around so so that put us to 12 and then there were all because my mother-in-law and father-in-law, you know, grew up in Gloucester and, you know, surrounding communities. They have cousins and distant relatives and friends. Yeah. Just craziness. Yeah. And they haven't been back in years and years. And Tony hasn't been back in 20 some years. And, um, so it was fun. So it was fun. Yeah. But I have to tell you that whole no sex rotary thing. Wait, I gotta go back to the roads because you know, we're used oh, to one twenty eight. We're used to our eight lanes across here. In fact, we were driving home from the airport. And I'm like, Oh, look at all this space, eight lanes of traffic going in one direction. And we don't have these rotary. And those eight lanes can also be backed up for miles. They totally that. can. And I get that. And I mean, we saw backed up traffic while we were there, but in Massachusetts and in, I'm sure in other East coast States, they have these rotaries that are part of the traffic pattern where you just kind of merge and everybody's going in a circle and how they do not have more wrecks on that thing. That I don't was, know. you know, that was an, a lesson in, you know, you didn't drive though. I didn't, it was stressful enough just sitting in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wasn't about to drive. There was a chance I was going to end up in one of those things and it would not have been good for our marriage. Right. I just, I knew this. 
But yeah. So we had an awesome time. We also had some tough times with, with dealing with that many people in one roof with us having the only kids. There came a number of times when everybody wanted to parent our kids at some time or other. And that got very frustrating and we had to deal with it and tell people to basically back off and shut up. Well, and the other thing that's always interesting too, is when you're with that many people, some of whom don't have children and they expect kids to act like grownups. Yeah. But sometimes or, or those not. grown, same grownups can't act like grownups. Well, so it was just, it, it was just, interesting. just, you know, lots of family dynamic issues and, um, so we, hopefully my family is <laughs> listening to this podcast today. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, we don't get very much feedback from your family. So I I, I'm not overly worried. Now my parents probably are listening. Um, and, and they we had a wonderful time. They, with we, them. we did have a great time with them. I'm so glad we did get to see some of those lighthouses and just hear about the history. Uh, my parents love touring or seeing different lighthouses. And so we got to take them to a couple. Your mom more so than your dad. Yeah, but they both get into it. Yeah. Oh no, no, they totally. Get into it. Yeah, yeah. We had, we had a good time when it came to that. So and then the wedding onward onward we didn't have sex we at didn't one have sex. at one point though my mom and dad were downstairs and we were talking about something and my mom's like oh we we did it once oh, oh twice. twice she's like she's like oh we did it twice and i'm like honey t- too much information mom well and, and and i mean we talk about this all the time but i don't need to know that you and dad are doing it on the on the room right next door to me well that was the thing because and the, the good thing the is three bedrooms were all literally sharing walls Mm-hmm. So and the, paper thin, but we were so out. I didn't hear a thing. Yeah, so bravo to them. At the same time, I, I say too much information, but you know what? Bravo to them. They, they're still doing it. They did the, the intimacy lifestyle this past week where we did Zippo zero well, I not period for four days, Sunday through Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay. Five days. Friday was the wedding and Saturday we came home. There you go. All right. <gasps> There's yep. the week. There's so the week. It's we're, all done. we're a little, uh, if we sound a little on edge, it's because it's been over a week for us. And, and then on top of that, the stress of flying and, and you guys know this. I mean, gosh, it is, it's tough trying to fly with kids and family and make everybody happy. Unless you got saints of kids. God bless you. We don't, I love them, but man, they can, they can really askew things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing my kids by any means. They did wonderful at many points throughout the trip. They they yeah. did. But I think you guys will all understand when you are dealing with eight pieces of luggage that are getting checked in and each one has two carry-on. So, you know, you're multiplying all these pieces of luggage and how to get them around and how to do this and that and you're trying to move around and one kid's behind you and one's in front of you and you're trying to just coordinate everything and it 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 gets rough and it gets tough and i would i would be lying to you if i didn't say hey you know there are a number of times when i was getting frustrated and all hot and sweaty and needed to just try to calm down and do the best we could navigating as well as allowing the kids to have fun during this time but I think all of you will understand that, hey, on vacation, you have a lot of awesome moments, man, and you're just loving it. And then you have meltdown moments where you're just like, really? How does this happen? Again, that's our family and what happened. Next year, we won't be going with everybody. We've already decided that. <laughs> we'll be headed to Atlanta solo. Which, well, solo, but we've got a family on both sides that will be visiting visiting. Yeah. So, well, so that's different. That's different. And you know, again, I mean the kids, 
did we share with everybody Alex's? Yes. We okay. Did. So we talked about Alex being stressed out about flying. And I do have to say, I know some of you were praying for him and for us as far as that goes. And it was amazing. Um, he really faced that fear and, and overcame it. And, you know, so our flight out there, I mean, he was just, he actually got to the point where he was so excited that when we landed finally in Boston, he's like, I can't wait to go again. And I'm like, okay, we just got on the ground, <laughs> please. It's been eight hours of travel. Can we, <laughs> can yeah. we not rush it? But, um, and I also just, you know, a shout out to Southwest. We flew Southwest, um, round trip and they did a phenomenal job taking care of our family and making the kids feel important. Abby was actually an honorary flight attendant on the way home. And, um, just a, a thank you. If yep. any of you listeners are Southwest employees, we did appreciate our, uh, our time on our, our time on your airline. Yep. And in this, in just for all of you, we didn't podcast last week, so this might be a little bit of a ramble. So if you don't want to hear a ramble this week, I'd say press stop, come check us out next week. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be one of those weeks. And I know some of you, you know, want us to get into the, the topics quicker and all this stuff, but you know, we've had a week off and we're going to just catch up. This is our catch up week. It's so kind of a catch all. And that's, you know, that really is kind of where the living, loving and learning came from. There's been a number of things that have gone on in the last couple of weeks that kind of all tie together um, and are sort of culminating in the fact that our kids start school next week. And, you know, and for some of you, some of you have tomorrow, already started. Yeah, tomorrow or would be Monday. Uh, so I, I know a number of you have kids starting mm-hmm. this week. And some don't start until after Labor Day. So we're all kind of in this in the next two to three weeks. Kids those of you that have children will have them back in school. And, yep. and, you know, Tony and I were talking about this, about the fact that even though January 1st officially marks the start of a new year for a lot of families, the new year really starts in that August, September start of the school year. And it's really a time mm-hmm. to you know kind of sit down and go, OK, what's what's going to happen in this next year? I mean, we're starting to look at that. You know, we're going to have a third grader and a kindergartner this year, yeah. which kind of blows my mind on so many levels. But, you know, they're going to be experiencing all kinds of new things. And where are we? You know, where are we as a couple? Where are we with relationships? Where are we with the learning that we're doing ourselves? And that's that's where this podcast is going to go um, today. You know, I want to talk some about our relationships with other people. A lot of you knew that we did um, a small group. We did a small group on our book, Stripped Down, this Which summer. Which we finished the week before we left on our vacation. Yeah, that se- Thursday. It was a seven-week study, and we we just had a phenomenal group. I mean, just a wonderful group to really get to know and learn and learn from them as well as they got to learn from us and hear what we have to say. So it was, it was a fun time. And for all of you who do listen, I think many of you do listen now in that small group. We thank you and we truly love you for all of your insights and all of the fun times we had and the laughters and the tears and the discussion in there because it was really one of the best small groups we've had. Well, and the neat thing was that uh, Tony and I've had this conversation numerous times is that we were able to see God's hand and how this whole small group happened. I mean, mm-hmm. we even tossing around the idea of doing a small group during the summer. Originally we thought who in the world's going to sign up for a summer small group because you know, vacations and schedules and, going to be a challenge but we, we said you know we're going to go for it i mean what's the worst that can happen we have nobody sign up uh, okay 
and we had to actually stop we did signups we did because we we just couldn't accept any more in the group we couldn't accept any more and the combination of couples and life experiences that were brought together in the small group could not have been orchestrated no it it really was such a, a unique blending of personalities and sympathies you know, the women would start talking about things and you'd have a couple of women that all, you know, kind of got this together and then a couple of women over here and then the guys start talking about something and they find out that, you know, two or three of them have something in common and then another two or three. And so you have these friendships that are being forged over life experiences mm-hmm. because the couples in this group, and, and I challenge you, you know, I know a lot of churches start small groups in the fall. They, you know, get together around a common theme or a common study And I really challenge you as you're going into that, if that's what your church is doing, to really be willing to put yourself out there, to really be honest with the couples or individuals in your small group. It's one of the things that I so applaud these couples for doing with us this summer. They laid it out there. They have shared with us they thought we were a little off base, you know, at times or that we were, they weren't sure what they were getting into after that first session. They're like, what, what have we signed up for? Uh, but they stuck with us and they stuck with each other. Mm-hmm. And they really, they opened up and they got transparent and we saw such phenomenal growth, not only in the couples themselves, but in this group as a whole to the point where, you know, that Thursday we had our last session and, you know, as we're talking and, you know, just kind of, you know, sort of lamenting the fact that this is our last session because everybody just gelled so well. We started tossing ideas around, you know, they're like, well, if we found another book, would you and Tony do another small group? And we hadn't even thought about it. Right. You know, but we're like, oh, well, you know what? We kind of, we, we like hanging out with you guys. If you wanted to do something else, we'd, We'd at least entertain the idea. And no joke, we get home and within half an hour of getting home, emails are flying back and forth with these couples saying, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about a, a get together night? And what about a girl's night? And what about, you know, let's talk about a study and let's get our calendars together. And that's what happens when you're open and honest with people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we waste so much time hiding behind these facades in life that we don't truly get to know each other. And in seven weeks, you know, we had the opportunity to share these really intimate aspects of our lives going through the book. And any of you that have read the book know that we dig into some pretty heavy stuff. It's not highly technical reading, but if you're willing to go there, you get very deep into your relationship. Yeah, and if you're looking to get the book, you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. It's right there on the homepage. Click it, buy it, read it, put it to use because those who do, there's a transformation that happens and we can attest to that and those that were in this small group can attest to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wouldn't, I, I mean, you just couldn't imagine the change that happened. And like Elisa said, it was all God's work. I mean, Elisa and I just sit there and we just we just facilitate. Yeah, it's our book, but you can do it. If you read our book, you could do it. All you're doing is facilitating. And you just let God do the work. The thing is, is you just be honest and open. 
And by doing that, others will be honest and open. It was, it was truly amazing. Some of the things that we learned and from these folks and, and the, the days and the, you know, or the weeks in between how they were taking what we were saying and putting it into practice. That was where the real change started happening. And one thing I want to say for all of you who have read our book, we do have 13 keys in there. You don't, there, there's no order to them. You don't have to, you don't have to read them and, and do them in order. You, you may come across spiritual intimacy and just realize that that's the area that you need to work on with your spouse. So that's what you work on for now, mm-hmm. you know, or you may be out there going, you know what? Our physical sexual intimacy is in the dumps. That's what you work on, which might be in conjunction with your emotional intimacy. You pick the ones that you need to use and you put them into practice. And that's what we told these guys. And you know what? The ones that realized this and they could go, okay, this is where I need to work now. That's where they did it. And that's where they were making changes. Well, and and going along those lines, we heard throughout the seven weeks that we were doing the study that certain chapters really challenged them. Mm -hmm. Challenged them because they weren't comfortable with the ideas that we were putting forth, but they weren't resistant to at least considering the idea. Hey, and here's something else I, I, I'm on to these days. Change, do it for 30 days. See what happens. Mm-hmm. You can always go back to your old life. It's 30 days for crying out loud. I and, mean, and that's what I think, that's what I think a lot it. of the couples got out of this is that you know they made small changes. But in those small changes, they could see huge returns. Right. And you know, it's carrying over to the friendships that are building, you know, and I laugh because, you know, we spent all, you know, we spent the seven weeks really getting to know each other and really digging into some deep, heartfelt, heartstring pulling material, you know, and what they were sharing with us. And a couple of us got together today to go see the movie, the help. And, um, I'm talking with one of the gals after, and it turns out that we live all of five minutes away from each other. We spent seven weeks, digging into all this stuff and just today discovered that and you know are starting to build these friendships that I know these women and these couples are going to be in our lives for you know for whatever season God has in store for us but this is the first time I think in a small group that the group has gelled and has you know, in what a small group that we facilitated mm-hmm. gelled so quickly and has taken that to say, you know what, there's something going on here. We feel that there is as a, a collective group, there's a reason that we're all in this place at this time. Yeah. And you know, like I said, small groups are going to be happening in churches across this country this fall. Challenge yourself, challenge your small group leaders to create an environment where, you know, I'm not saying that the small group experience that we're having right now is going to happen because, I mean, I don't even know how many small groups we've been in. That's not been the case. Mm-hmm. But if you're the one willing to put yourself out on the line, whatever the material is, and you're going to be open, you're going to be transparent with the others in your small group, not only are you going to be transformed by the experience, but those that are in your group are going to look to you as somebody who is open and that's going to be transformational for them. Yeah. Don't forget you guys. We have a big battlefield out there. 
in the battlefield are masks and folks that are pretending to be perfect. And guess what? We're not. You guys know Elise and I aren't, and we know many of you aren't. So you know what? There's a big battlefield, and when you can get out there and just let down your guard, just let it loose. And, and knowing that you're talking to a group, and we always say this, hey, what's, what's said in this room stays in this room. That's just the way it rolls. You know, nothing comes out of here. So when when you have that trust and you're able to open up, you'd be amazed at what God can do. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed at how you yourself will be transformed. I mean, there are questions that were being asked of us, and we've been behind the mics almost two years now, that made me think, that made me take a moment to go, okay, this is why I say this, or this is why I would approach what you're talking about this way, you know? And it made me think about even mine and Elisa's marriage and where we are and how we're growing and how we're trying to continue to impact each other's lives and impact our marriage. So it's just one of those things that, as Elisa says, as we get into this fall campaign, think about being a facilitator in your mm-hmm. church. Stop stop hanging out on the sidelines because you know what? God needs people who are willing to get their hands and feet dirty and do some walking. You know, he really needs you out there. And if you've been listening to us long enough, you can do it. You can transform couples in your church, in your community that might have lasting impact. You know, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be perfect. That's the thing. You don't need. You don't even have to be. You could be a smidgen of, in front of somebody else, in the form of saying, "Hey, you're working on your marriage. You're working on that communication. You're working on that financial component. You're working on the spiritual." You got couples that aren't doing any of it. Mm-hmm. So you could have a, a serious impact in their lives. And this is this is what churches need this is what organizations need they need people that are willing to step up they need people that are willing to go outside their comfort zone believe me the first time that Terry and I led a small group uh, there there was nerves every week going oh I don't know what we're going to talk about this week Um, it's very much like when we started the podcast what are we going to talk about what are people going to listen to with a small group study in your church Typically, the material is provided for you. I mean, if you if you're doing, you know, if you decide you want to do it off the book, our book, our book, is. you read the chapters and you answer the questions and just talk cool. based on, you know, ask people what they got out of the chapters. If your church is doing a small group, there's usually a leader's guide. Yeah, you know, so if you there's DVDs, there's you know, some churches Sometimes. do DVDs, some churches it's you know sermon notes. There's different ways that you can do it, but you can make a difference in somebody's life by just saying, yes, I will be a facilitator. And most of the, most of the fall small groups and churches are, you know, six to eight weeks, nothing horribly labor intensive, but churches everywhere need people to step up and be small group or home group, whatever your church calls it. They need leaders. Mm -hmm. They need facilitators. They need, they're desperate for people to step up 
And this is a way that you can make a difference. This is a way that you can say, you know what? I'm going to go outside my comfort zone, you know? And the most, the easiest way to, you know, kind of put your nerves at rest is that your very first session, you say, you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm not an expert in this, but I felt it was necessary for me to facilitate this group. And so I'm open to input. It's kind of like what we do on this podcast every week. You guys got something to say? Call us, email us, tell us we're open to input, you know, but we're going to keep putting ourselves out here. Right. And we're going to keep doing this week after week with the exception of the one week we took off um, to do it because we know it makes a difference. We hear from you guys every week that something you said, something we said either sparked a conversation in your relationship, made you think about what you were doing, challenged you in some way, or you're challenging us for clarification on a point. It's opening up the dialogue. And that's something that in our fast paced world the dialogue often gets left behind. Yeah. So it's just, it's just an area that, like I said, we've been wanting to just kind of talk in general about our small group. Um, because it was just fun. Yeah. It was just fun. And I think that's just what a it blessing. is. Is when you just step out there and, and do something that can impact other people's lives and be face to face. You know, we do this over the mics and, and we love it. The thing is, is we don't get that interaction that you get in a small group or in a live setting. And so for us, it was just really good to be there again. And energizing. And And energizing. Very energizing for us. And, and, you know, it's part of this whole what's coming up this fall. You know, as we head into the school year, what are you doing to educate yourself? You know, the kids are getting ready to go back to school. You know, what areas of your life do you need further education on? What do you need to read up on? What do you need? What are you interested in? Now's the time to start, you know, kind of putting in that, you know, back to school plan. Yeah. You know, daylight's going to be getting shorter. You got more nighttime hours where it's dark and you can study and you can do that kind of thing. And, and um, I actually just read this book that was, we were contacted by this publisher, um, and the book is called Love for Grownups, The Garter Bride's Guide to Marrying for Life When You've Already Got a Life by Anne Blumenthal Jacobs, Patricia Ryan Lample, and Tish, I'm going to mispronounce her last name. I think it's Rave or Robbie. Um, this was a really interesting book. We've been contacted about reading this and I said, sure, send me a copy. You know, I'll take a look at it. And the whole premise of the book is, you know, when you're over 35, when you've been married before, when you've already got a life, how do you go about negotiating marriage? You know, Tony and I got married, you know, from in some aspects, it was very enlightening. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that Tony and I met when I was 20 and he was 21. We got married at 22 and 23 and it'll be 15 years for us in October. Yeah. Countdown. And we, yeah. And we are renewing our vows on that day. We are renewing. Well, that weekend. Not the exact day, but. And so, you know, I didn't have that whole life of experience, you know, being out in the workforce, managing my own money, you know, navigating apartments and doing all this kind of stuff. When Tony and I got married, we, we've grown up together, together doing that. And so this was, this was a book that, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'll read it and, you know, kind of see what I can get out of it. But it was very enlightening because I think even though it's written for those women that might be negotiating 
you know, thinking about getting married after age 35, there were a lot of aspects of the book that are applicable to marriages regardless of how long you've been married or when you got married. I need to read it. I, I still haven't even read it. Tony hasn't read it. Um, I actually loaned it to your aunt who is past 35 and has never oh. been married um, because I thought it would be a great book. It, it talks about in-laws. It talks about finances. You know, and if you've been, you know, if you've been married and divorced and remarried and kids and, and all of these different aspects. So all of, all of you blended families out there, it sounds like it would work. It It, would be a good read for them. I think it would be a great read for blended families. And, you know, even though it's written kind of like the, as you're approaching marriage, there were still a lot of little tidbits that I think anyone who's married can read this book and get some of it get something out of it. And it also is enlightening for those of us that have friends that either aren't married, you know, never been married, divorced, kind of re-entering the dating scene, looking to be married, widowed, possibly remarrying, because it's all about bringing lives together. And, you know, once you're kind of past the twenties and sort of like, I'm trying to find myself type of thing later on in life, you've got all this history behind you and you bring all of that into your marriage and so how do you blend that with somebody else that also has all of their life that they're bringing you know and all of their different dynamics and how do you decide how you're going to blend your finances how are you going to decide how you're going to negotiate and navigate custody arrangements you know there was one comment in there one page in there where you know this woman talks about talking to her future mother-in-law and she was just very blunt with this woman. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't know that in my twenties I would have done that with your mom. Mm. Whereas now I am a little bit more direct with her, you know, in terms of, well, this is just the way it's going to be. Well, yeah, but we also have 17 years together. Right. But I, you know, part of that's growing up together. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have done that. No. Now, had I met her, you know, meeting her for the first time, I, I might be doing that. But it's, gotcha. so it's, it's all those different dynamics that happen with age. Gotcha. Uh, but just uh, just some phenomenal tidbits. Again, it's called Love for Grownups, The Garter Bride's Guide to Marrying for Life When You've Already Got a Life. And it is a book that I would recommend. It's a very easy read. It's written very conversationally. Okay. And um, like, can we put a link mm-hmm. on the website? Okay. So we'll put a link on there. Um but it's, like I said, I loaned it to your aunt who has never been married. And it was even interesting just having conversation with her and talking about some of the, um, well, she was talking about on the way home from, I forget where we were coming back from, where we were talking about relationships and just marrying later oh. in life and, you know, how you navigate that because it's different when you've been single for so long to start thinking, how am I going to blend a life with somebody? Do I even want to? Right. You know, and those are all questions that quite honestly don't even, you know, never entered my mind because in my twenties I was like, well, of course I'm going to get married. And then you were there. And here we are. And here we are. And here we are. Cue the doves. Yes. (laughs) The romantic music. So on that note, and I made mention of it, we're going to be doing our 15th wedding 
anniversary here coming up in October. We're going to, we are going to renew our vows. And many of you have questioned this because we put it up on Facebook mm-hmm. some time ago. Some of you questioned, well, why would you do that? And, you know, for us, when we got married, we just got married. It, it was some, it was a ceremony. We didn't realize this journey we call marriage and what it means because, because even though we saw some tough times, it wasn't really talked about in either of our households. We saw it in Elisa's more so than mine, but we didn't know what those vows meant. We were not Christian at the time. So it wasn't a covenant under God. And over these 15 years, we felt like we've gone through a lot. We felt like we've gone through the ringer. And honestly, before our 60 days of sex happened, our marriage was pretty much dead and headed down the path of divorce, I think, or at least a sexless and lifeless marriage if we didn't get a divorce because that wasn't something that we wanted to bring up in our marriage. So since that time and having gone through that, written our book, really dove into these six forms of intimacy that we talk about, we just feel right now that renewing our vows is first and foremost a covenant under God. Secondly, for us, it's us really saying those vows and in, in meaning and knowing what they mean. So you are all welcome to come. We are going to have it somewhere in Coronado on a beach. It's going to be October 8th, a Saturday, hopefully around 11 a.m. ish because we want to jettison out for our long weekend. We give, jettison. <laughs> we're, giving, we're giving the kids to mom and dad and taking off, which we still need to set up where we're going. We got a couple of places we got on the radar, but you're all welcome to attend. We'll, we'll hopefully put something out there a little more formal here once we lock down the permit in Coronado. So it's just something we want to share with everybody. Well, and I think having done this podcast for almost two years now, you know, it's not only what we've been through. A lot of it is what you all have been through. Yeah. And what you've willingly shared with us about the trials of marriage. You know, you've shared a lot of successes with us, but we've also heard a lot of pain. And, you know, this opportunity to renew our vows, it's funny, I, there was a, um, huh. a YouTube clip or a oh. news post about this couple that's renewed their vows. They're like in the Guinness Book of World Records. It's, I don't know, like a hundred times or so, something crazy. But it was, it was really interesting because it was right at the time that you had posted about, um, you'd put the question up there about renewing vows okay. on the Facebook page. And this couple renews their vows everywhere. And... You know, having heard all of your stories, having had the privilege of reading them and knowing what you all are going through, I think it's solidified even more for me that we owe it to ourselves. Whether you do a big formal vow renewal ceremony or if you just take that time on your anniversary to do more than say, happy anniversary, honey, here's a card and flowers or chocolates or, you know, let's get away for the weekend to really stop and think on that particular day what your vows mean to you and what they mean to your marriage. Mm -hmm. I had no idea on October 5th, 1996, 
when I said I do and sickness and in health for better or for worse, I had no idea about all those yucky parts. I didn't know that Tony was going to get a viral migraine during our 60 days of sex and, you know, practically derailed the whole thing with fatigue. I did not know that my kids were going to have oral mouth sores for, you know, two weeks on end coupled with the flu, you know, so we had a month of illness in our family. I did not know that I was going to lose a baby at 18 weeks. I did not know that debt was going to cripple us in the first few years of our marriage. I did not know that we were going to struggle with pornography addiction in our marriage. I had no clue that all of that was going to happen. I just assumed that we were going to, you know, make it to old age and still be married. No clue on the amount of effort it was going to take to get me from I do to that final goodbye. And I don't even think after 15 years I've got it all figured out. But I've got a much better understanding right now. And I can't wait to say I do all over again. Because even when there are days when I don't want to, when I don't feel like it, when I'd rather say I don't, I know he's got my back. Mm-hmm. I know I've got to put the picture up of you dipping me at the wedding. I know that he would not want to be, nor does he want to be with anyone else. And when you know that you hold that place in somebody's life, even when you don't want to <laughs> do whatever it is you got to do, you want to say, I do. Yep. And so you take that time once a year or more often, but at least on your anniversary to really look at the person that you said I do to and say it all over again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a big ceremony. You just have to acknowledge, hey, you know what? Maybe this year hasn't been the best. Maybe we've been faced with illness or finances or struggles that we didn't anticipate. Because let's be honest, who does? But that person's got your back. They're a shoulder to cry on. They're a hand to hold. Sometimes they're a pain in the butt. Sometimes, you know, they leave the spoon on the sink. Sometimes they, you know, show up later than they were ex- you were expecting them. But you know what? They picked you and you picked them. So you got to say, I do. But you got to mean it. Yep. yep. I totally agree. Wow. Wow. I don't get that often. Did I everybody say- hear that? He totally agrees with me. I say we ended on that note. All right. And again, to all of you, we hope to see you there. It's going to be here in San Diego at Coronado. If you're close, come down, see us. We'd love to hug you. We'd love to just get to tell you we love you in person. Hey, even if you're not close, San Diego is like one of the top tourist areas. You make it a weekend out of it. Yeah. Come make it a weekend and enjoy. <laughs> enjoy Southern California. Enjoy the finest city in the United States. So with that, we love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic week. If you need us for anything, give us a ring. <laughs>